Hello and welcome to the first official full-length episode of the SaltCast. This is the Barbenheimer episode. We just got back. We didn't just get back, but uh, we did the Barbenheimer double feature. We saw Barbie and we saw Oppenheimer back-to-back. Um, and pretty fun pizza. experience. It was a hell of a day. It was pretty fun. I thought it was a good time. I enjoyed both movies. What did you guys think of the whole Barbenheimer experience? Not the movies, but the whole whole adventure the overall day was pretty good pretty good yeah it was pretty good overall i liked the pizza and i mostly liked the movies i had a lot of fun i thought that was probably one of the best like theater experiences we've had in a long time because we got there and yeah we got there and then um everybody was wearing pink so hold on before we got there, actually, we were we ended up being kind of late, not to the movie, but to meet Bert because there was just like some destroyed carcass of a car in the middle of the road that caused a huge jam. So I was worried we weren't going to make it there on time. But. Yeah, we were rushing to meet with Bert to get to the movie in time, but we did make it. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't dress up. We should have. That would have been fun. Yeah, and it was like the slowest freaking concession line of all time as well. I don't think I own anything pink. I have a pen. Uh, A pen? A pin. Oh, a pin. But yeah, that whole... brought dolls. That whole experience was awesome, though, because everybody in the theater, well, pretty much everybody, was wearing pink. I didn't see any... Yeah, except us. I didn't see anybody with uh, Oppenheimer stuff, though. I know in other theaters I saw... The fedora... They had like the the flat brim caps, and then uh, some people were wearing suits. Some people were wearing the caps, so they had like yeah, a forties kind of look. Some people did. I don't know if you noticed though. Not the whole theater, but like half the people in Oppenheimer were wearing pink. So they no, yeah, a bunch of people came did what from we Barbie did. or were going to Barbie later. Yeah. I think the best way to watch them, if you were to do that double feature, would be to do Barbie first. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the no, best way. I disagree. Really? Why? I think Oppenheimer first. Because Oppenheimer, great movie, but it's very heavy, so to speak. I know. Barbie I like that kind because... of turn your brain off and just watch. Like it's a nice break after sitting for three hours watching Oppenheimer. I liked having be or I liked being able to think after Oppenheimer. I thought that was yeah. If, you, if we would have went right that. into Barbie, we would have been just like kind of numb to everything. Well, if you followed our schedule, we would have been eating between Oppenheimer and Barbie, so we could have talked about it then. That's true. That's true. I and guess then, if you have a break in between, but... This doesn't relate to the movies, but this was so funny. When we went to go eat, um, we ordered, I think, a medium and a large pizza. Oh, yeah. And then the lady turned around. Just to like grab a cup or something, and then Bert goes, "Is it too late to change?" Yeah, Meanwhile, she's only taken order. three steps. Yeah, she had take. She didn't even take a step. She just turned around. She looked at him like he was the stupidest person well, on the planet. It was a more she of a goes, I haven't gone question. that far. A genuine question. Uh, that's my defense. That's um, I want to get your guys's ranking. Out of ten, we're gonna start with Barbie since that's what we uh since that's what we watched first. Well, first let's explain our ranking system. Okay, yeah. Do you want to do that? Me? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Leave. Well, it's out of we we rank movies out of ten, 
that's how we've always done it. Um, one through four is below average. One is absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> like dumpster fire of a movie, never watch it again type of thing. Uh, Damn. That's what I think. And then two, three, four, slightly better. Uh, once you're in the fours range, like it's they're not good movies. Uh, five, is, I would say, is average. So it's solid. Not great, not good, uh, not horrible, like not Mortal bad. Like Mortal Kombat. Just solid. And then uh, six through seven, uh, you're taking a step up. I would I say remember. seven is pretty good. Yeah, six seven's is pretty good. good. Six is a good movie. Good. Seven's pretty good. Yeah. And once you get to eight and nine, you're getting into like... Your uh, masterclass films. Yeah. Great films, masterclass film, top I, ten. I would say nine lists. is like near perfect. Eight yeah. is like a like very very good. Eight is very good. Nine near perfect, almost flawless. Ten uh, like ten is gonna be so rare. Yeah, I tens are really. Rare. I, don't I don't even think I. I've probably seen like two tens. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know how many tens I've seen, but uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that I've kind of explains the list a little bit, or the ranking system, at least how we think about it. So it kind of gives you an idea of how we, uh, what our rankings are. What our numbers mean, to. basically. Yeah. So, like I said before, we're going to start with Barbie because that's the first movie that we watched. Um, who wants to start us off with their ranking out of 10? What would you give well, the movie? Well, start off with your opinions on the movie and then end with your ranking. All right. So, I thought Barbie was pretty funny overall. There's a couple good jokes. Got some good nose exhales from me. (laughs) And there was one time where I definitely laughed out loud. I know the time. I did too. (laughs) I think everybody did. There was multiple times where people were laughing out loud though. Yeah, but those people laughed at trailer jokes. Those people who laugh at trailer jokes are jokes themselves. All right. I like the music. I liked how the lyrics changed for the most, like for the... Especially that opening song. Oh yeah, like, yeah. This like the depression song that was good. That reminded oh, the, me of if you guys what was have, going on on screen. You're yeah, talking if about you guys the Lizzo have ever song? seen the yeah. the animated Adams Family movie, there's like a song where uh, where there's like just depression singing, and it's super funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I should say this now before we get into like any other in depth stuff. But the reviews are pro- they're going to be spoiler reviews, so. If anybody doesn't want to know what happened in the movie, uh, see go see it and then come back because the rest of the reviews are going to include a lot of spoilers for both movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. You've been warned. <laughs> Anyways, the movie was kind of, I don't know how to phrase it without sounding terrible, but like woke, I guess. <laughs> it was political. It was a yeah, political that's movie. A that's a better way to frame it. But I didn't think it was too bad. Like, sometimes movies and shows will, like, overdo it to the point where I find it annoying. But there was only one part in Barbie where it was like, all right, can we move on to the next scene? <laughs> I think I know what you mean with that, too. And keep in mind, like, we're 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 all uh, young men, so, like... Yeah, we're, we're all privileged. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that, but... <laughs> Like our experience of the movie is obviously we're we're not the intended uh, audience, so the way that we're gonna <laughs> the interpret the movie safety line, and uh, 
way that we look at it is, I guess, different. But um, I think a lot of people online are giving the movie. Some people absolutely hate it. Some I feel people like think a lot of people are going extreme in both ways. So like, yeah, the, it's you have people who are like, "Oh other. my god, that was the greatest thing ever." And then you have people who are like, wow, that was absolute dog shit and we should never watch anything like that ever again. And I land in the middle. Yeah, about the same. Do you want to keep going, Bert? I don't really have much else to say. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have more in-depth explanations than I do. Um, I have some more stuff that I'll talk about when I do I mine. have two specific moments i want to focus on and there was one super funny joke that was i don't know maybe like 30 or 45 minutes in something like that it's like midway through probably yeah oh my god Bert, you know do you know the joke i'm talking about i already know what you're talking about say it Bert. say no you have to say it it's your your joke (laughs) there was one point in the movie where, well, it's a huge section where Barbie goes to like the real world with Ken, and then she's like, "Wow, it actually sucks here. I thought we like made the world better with Barbies and stuff, but turns out that wasn't the case." That part I actually really enjoyed. So, for me, the movie was solid, like the beginning, up to the middle, even up to like probably seventy percent of the way through. And then the ending got, like, to drag on a bit for me. But, like, the first, you know, two-thirds of the movie, or maybe even a little bit more, I thought were, were like, pretty funny. There was a couple of jokes that I was, like, that was stupid. Like, the beach thing. I did not think the beach thing was funny. Maybe that's just me, but uh, I thought that was... <laughs> no, the first, like, the was... first... What was that, like, five minutes in? Yeah, it was... That's what you're talking yeah. about? Or, like, when Ken runs into the wave, and, like, that was stupid, too. But, um, I think this is just me that thinks this uh, out of the three of us. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a popular opinion, uh, like, just among viewers. But out of us, it's just me. The I'm Just Ken song is so good. No, actually, I like that song. I've been listening to it. I don't remember. I remember it from the movie, but I haven't listened to it again. It was good, though. There's, I thought it was funny. I don't think I've ever heard uh, a line that hits harder than him saying, <laughs> where's he go? He goes, I'm just Ken, and I'm enough. I'm so good at doing stuff. <laughs> 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 Something like that. <laughs> that shit, that's so funny to me. Like, It's basically just the friend zone song, I guess, but it's hilarious. Pretty good. Ken was my favorite part of the movie by far. I thought that Ryan Gosling definitely steals a lot of the show. Yeah, he's definitely a highlight of the movie. He was funny when he was like being a normal Ken, you know, like just how you'd imagine Ken. And even when he like went off the rails and like turned into, I guess, the bad guy of the movie, he was still hilarious. Yeah. Funniest part by far. The Mojo Dojo Casa House. I loved that. (laughs) And then the fight with the Kens on the beach towards the end. So, like, that's the part where it started to fall off for me was, like, before that, the movie kind of stopped being as interesting to me. But then they brought up that beach fight, and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. Then it was like, whatever. 
towards the end. But tell your joke. You never told the joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was one part in the real world where like Barbie's like, so only men run this uh, this company because she was at at Mat- Mattel, Mattel. It's called right. Yeah, yeah Mattel. That's what I thought. And she she was just confused about how. All it the CEOs are men, and everybody, the whole company is run by men and everything. Yeah, so then, what's his name? Jared or something like that? Some, like, no level. I, yeah, think, I, it's, I so, think it's Aaron. I think it's Aaron. Aaron I forget who Aaron. the actor is. He, he goes, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? That was so... That was, like, hilarious because he was just such a loser. That one got that a lot of laughs in our theater, yeah. Laugh, yeah. laugh out loud. That yeah, was that, the one part that made me laugh out loud, yeah. That one got laughs in the theater, too, by everybody. Yeah, that was good. But, like, overall, I would say I liked it more than I thought I would. But there was one section being the the last maybe 15 minutes, aside from the beach fight, that I liked less than I thought I would like any of the movie. So, But overall, yeah, better than I thought it was going to be. Uh definitely funnier than i expected and like honestly my main complaint about it is the daughter of the mom was like such a bitch she was so mean for no reason yeah she was just like hating on her mom the entire movie i that i mean by the end of the movie they were they kind of like reconciled and understood each other a little better the movie is a story about mothers and daughters like the relationship between mothers and daughters, the the kind of the different experience that mothers and daughters have had with Barbie over the years, like as a as a toy and as a social thing. It's like oh, I feel uh, the, over the, time. yeah the 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 backbone and like the the heart of the story is the mother and daughter story, and it's it's in multiple ways. Like they do it through Barbie and uh, the creator of Barbie, uh, Ruth Handler, is her name. That's the 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 older lady that we see in the uh, in the Mattel building. Yeah. Yeah. So like like, like she is the mother of Barbie, and so that's another mother daughter story that they're telling, and it it like just continues on. So, I like the part in the movie, like during that speech part, where it was like mothers stop walking so their daughters can look back and see how far they came, or something similar to that. Yeah, that's. A I just great thought that quote. was a nice. That's a great quote. I just thought that was a nice saying in general. I forgot. I, I, cool I have thing, it yeah. written down exactly. I forget what it is exactly. I'll find it. Mother stop running it. so their daughters can look back and see how far they've come. Something similar to that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like overall, I liked. I think I I liked every character except that kid. Like, I mean, like obviously, I don't know how how little girls are with Barbies now, but. I was under the impression that no one really gives a fuck about Barbie anymore. <laughs> no, I now. think people still care about Barbie, especially an old like I mean, older generations movie, of women. Yeah, yeah, older people, but like little kids now don't give a fuck about Barbie. They're on their iPads and shit. They're on Threads. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what little out. I don't know what little girls uh what little what toys little girls play with. I mean, Barbie I would hope not. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess I don't know either, but I, I I was until this Barbie movie was like you know making news and stuff. I was under the impression that Barbie was like not really something anyone gave much thought anymore. Like kids are more into digital things now. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I think I think young girls probably still all play with Barbies, or at least some. I feel like every Maybe. little girl gets a Barbie at some point. But did you see that they announced? Yeah, but they they, they get their mom's old Barbie, and then it just ends up in the closet or something. That's true. Yeah, real quick, I have the quote. It's um, or I did have it. Now I just lost it. Of course you did. Oh, here it is. Here it is. We mothers stand still so that our daughters can look back to see how far they've come. That is a great quote. And I think that Let's is go moms. That's relevant not only to mothers and daughters, but uh parents, parents in general. general. Yeah. So that one that one hits deep, definitely. There yeah. was a few a few really good uh there was some really good writing at, at certain points in the movie that I thought was that I thought was really good. I mean nothing yeah. will top just Ken. Yeah, obviously. That is a masterpiece. Anywhere give, else? Give me your um, ten. Give me your guys' top rankings. ten songs. Oh, your rankings. Is number one. <laughs> Bert, you go first because you were. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking either like a six, 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 seven, six and a half. I guess we'll say. Okay. I'm not a big fan of halves, so I think I would. I would say the movie was at seven level for me for the first half and then kind of dropped down to a six after it ended. Okay. So like, what are you going to say? So six. six or seven? I just, I just said it dropped to a six after it ended. So you thought it was a slightly above average? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me get into, get into my review of it. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought I had a good time watching it and everything. I it was funny. I think the key for this movie, too many people are taking it way too seriously. It's a summer movie. It's supposed to be fun. It's lighthearted. It's funny. Um It was I, funny. And it's it's very satirical, I think. I didn't find like the everybody's upset because they said that uh well, for one it's a feminist director. Yeah. Greta Gerwig. Ken gets bodied at the end, basically. Ge- Greta Gerwig is the director and a, a co-writer on the film. She's a feminist director, so everybody automatically had a bad taste in their mouths just knowing that. And already had, like, uh, predisposed uh, opinions about the movie before even seeing going it. Going into it negatively. Yeah. But, I mean, the movie doesn't take itself seriously in the first place, so I don't understand why so many people are taking the political, like, and social issues so seriously when the movie itself is making fun of it and taking it to a level that it's just completely outrageous. Like, I don't think it's intended to be taken so literal. Like, obviously, the whole everybody's upset, everybody uh, throughout the movie, they're shitting on men. And uh, most of them, pretty much all of the men, uh, are made out to look like idiots or they're just dumb or whatever. Alan. Yeah. I guess Alan's may be somewhat of an exception, but he's no him almost and then the real world version of him. There's Alan, and then there's the guy that's a man with no power. That he's like basically Alan of the real world. Yeah, yeah. But the the like the contrast between uh, Barbie Land and the real world. Obviously, in Barbie Land, uh, women run everything. They're the women are the presidents. They're on the the uh, the Supreme Court. They're doctors. They're uh, pilots, doctors, everything. Yeah, but they everything. don't control the beach. Yeah, Ken yeah, runs Ken, the beach. Ken's beach. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And then obviously once the Barbie goes to the real world, she finds out that it's the total opposite. Men run most of the everything. Men are not horses. Yeah, well, that's Ken. But men run everything basically, and Barbie's shocked, and they she's surprised that the world isn't what she thought it was. That they made it so much better for women and all of that. Uh, but people took it really serious and like are really offended by the way that they portray men in the movie. But I don't really think think it's like that. I didn't think it was that deep. I thought it was funny. So I also thought it was funny for like most of the movie. The only part that annoyed me was the little girl shitting on her mom all the time. I was like, damn, your mom likes this toy. Give her a break. Yeah, there was a speech too at the towards the end of the movie when the when Ken is taken over Barbie land and all of the other Barbies have been brainwashed. Yeah, that the mom gives Gloria. A little bit cringy. You could tell, like, that at that point, like, they were, it, it felt shoehorned in, like, and I don't know if it's I just I think I wouldn't have minded like, it. I wouldn't have minded it if it was, like, one or two things, but she went on for, like, maybe a minute. Yeah, she <laughs> like, gives, that speech, that speech lasts a minute, if not more, and it basically just talks about uh, the patriarchy and how difficult it is to be a woman, and it's almost impossible to be a woman in this day and age. You have to, I think one thing she Balance said that, all these things. yeah. Which you part, gotta be pretty, of, but not too pretty, or you're a skank or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's things like that. Which some of those things I think are true. Then there's other things where they lean the whole other way, and it's like, um, there was one thing she said that it's like, I if I'm not interested in a man or something, I have to respect his ego and try not to hurt his feelings or something. If I'm rejecting him, basically. Mm-hmm. Which I don't can't say I've, no, but I've ne- yeah. What what was it? Do you know? It, I don't it was something even like remember you can't this. Say yes, because then you come off as too prude, and then you can't say no, because then you come off as rude. Yes, like yes, that. yes. It was something along those lines. But I don't think that, especially today, that um, there's a, like, women true. have a an obligation to men's feelings and that thing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, girls say been, no to Bert all the time. Bert's the perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> He's been rejected countless times, and nobody's cared about his They feelings. don't care about my feelings. They do it ruthlessly. I mean, good. <laughs> Look at you. But right. no, I mean, but I my point is, like, they lean really heavily in certain directions that I just don't think, like, that that, that, act, that expectation of women I don't think is genuine, in my opinion. I think they blew everything out of proportion to make a point. I don't think like, they blew everything out show. of proportion. I think there was just some things like that one specifically. No, I know, but, like, I feel like... They kind of, I don't want to say inflated, but I will. They kind of inflated. <laughs> but I'm going to. Political, like, serious, like, not the political, like, the issues or, like, the things they talked about to make it obvious and to make it, like, apparent that this is what happens. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's definitely obvious, but I think that that's intentional. I think it's, no, it's, I do too. it's more, it's more satire than uh, literal representation of, mm-hmm. like, our yeah. society. I mean, it's obviously I, to an I, extreme. Yeah, I thought overall, like, the satire was fine. Like, I would say 70% of the movie was funny. Yeah. I would, too. I thought it was funny. I thought it was fun. I thought some of the political issues were a little too much sometimes. And uh, Yeah, but it was never to the point where I was like, oh, my God, this shit. It was like one or two times I was like, that was cringe. And then I just kind of kept watching. Yeah, and I agree with some of the things that they... 
that they try to highlight and some of the things that they try to represent. Yeah, and like I'm not gonna say that none of it makes sense because for like I don't know, maybe women do feel like that at certain points, which I'm sure some do. You know? I mean everyone's different, you know. There's always someone for something. Yeah. But I do wanna say one thing, uh if the movie is be trying to be literal with everything that it's saying. I don't think that that's a good way to get your message across because you gotta like you have to be in touch with reality too at some point and realize like yeah. this movie is gonna be controversial. Like people are going to argue about this movie. People are gonna dislike it. People are gonna get in arguments well, about it. Like I don't like you're creating that's... more uh, division between men and women. By doing this, I think. Yeah, there's gonna be some like people that, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna villain. They do villainize men, and then yeah, like it paints that a really bad picture. Next to you. Oh yeah, there was a little girl that was uh, sitting next to me, or a couple. She might have been a couple seats over, but she uh, she she was shitting on Ken the whole movie. She hated like. Out loud, it was annoying. Like fuck, I'm trying to watch the movie, and every time Ken comes on, I gotta hear. Oh my god, you're Suck gross. Your teeth or, like throw up. Yeah, but like really loud. Yeah, like, that you was couldn't an, hear the movie when she was doing it. Yeah, like I damn, mean, I get it. You hate Ken, but you gotta like block the whole ass movie. Yeah, and I don't know how little girls are gonna like see men and stuff. I don't know. Like, I, I get you can get deeper, I guess, if you want with it, but. I don't think it was that You can serious. look into it as much or as little as you feel like you need to. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a fun, yeah. seri- uh, not serious. It's a fun movie that Barbie has movie, that like. that takes uh, a look at serious things. So it's a balance. But sometimes the thing, they do though. a good job. Sometimes it's over the top, but it is what it is. But here's the deal, right? I think I liked it more than I would have as like a child. I don't think I would have liked that movie at all as like I don't think most God. kids are going to even understand a lot of the political undertone and like that, some of the social well, issues just, that are being talked be, about. I just don't think it would have been funny at all if I was like a little kid or something. There are a lot of adult jokes, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of sex jokes in that movie now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. There yeah, there is. So and as a kid I wouldn't have like as a 12-year-old or whatever, I wouldn't have picked up on yeah. any of that That's stuff. That's what I'm saying like if you watch that as a kid, what are the main jokes? Like, maybe you get the beach off, and then, like, Ken running into a wave, and them chasing Barbie through the store, or through the, like, business. Those are, like, the main funny parts. I think the thing with horses, them. the horse thing. Ken, no, the, Ken's obsessed good, with horses actually. the whole time. He thinks that horses are, like, a major Basically, part of the patriarchy cowboy. and everything, and then he comes out, finds to realize that horses don't actually matter that much. Yeah, He's devastated. That, would be, that will be funny for kids. But, like, yeah, I, I actually feel, like, thinking back, a lot of the jokes aren't even targeted for kids. Like, I'm pretty sure the movie's marketed towards, like, millennials and, like, that age group. Yeah, it's looking like it's more for 20s to early 30s. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's def. I don't know. I'm not sure what they were thinking, but... Uh, what else do we want to talk? My, my, I'll give it my score. So I give it a seven out of ten. I thought it was above average and then some. So I thought it was funny. It was fun. I had a good time with it. 
I think I it, really it could have been a seven for me. Ryan Gosling steals the show. Margo. I think it could have been a. Go ahead. I think it could have been a seven for me if they would have stuck in the real world a little bit longer. Because they didn't really stay there that long. I think it would have been funny to see like them experience more real life things. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. well that would have worked just because the real world was so like... Like Barbie world was goofy, but the real world was like goofy too on top of it. So I don't know how long they could really stay there. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, 7 out of 10 for me. I had fun. I thought it was good. Um, I wanna. Is there anything you guys? Is there anything that you guys want to talk about with the movie? Like, any opinions that we haven't touched on? I don't think so. I think, I think I'm good. There's a couple things I wanted to say, like filmmaking wise, like decision making and like creative decisions that I thought were kind of cool. Um, I like the opening. Yes, the opening. That That's what I was gonna. I was just about to talk about that. The movie opens with like it's a like a direct recreation of like the opening to a space odyssey from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Only they just replace uh there's just the little gr- there's a bunch of little girls like on a on a like a desert. Instead of monkeys, they're girls instead <laughs> of a rock. It's a yeah, instead of rocks they're playing with Barbie dolls. Or not Barbie dolls, baby dolls. Mm-hmm. And then uh Margot Robbie appears and she's towering over everybody and she's like the monolith that's in a space odyssey she's like the she's massive yeah she has like all the power and yes, like everything so that scene was pretty cool the opening was fun and then it transitions to the barbie logo after the little girl smashes the bit the the baby doll <laughs> mm-hmm. she literally busts that thing's head open and everything like it shatters Her face that entire scene was so funny <laughs> yeah and then we get into barbie land and all of the craziness of the movie but that opening i thought was pretty cool um, um you reminded me of something actually that i do want to say uh go ahead i'm very disappointed that the only time they played like what i consider the prime barbie theme song was in the credits that was actually tragic yeah they didn't play the classic barbie theme song that everybody knows they did in the credits, but I think it might have been a remix. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But they should have done that at the beginning when she was going around town. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like the point that they make, like, before Barbie, uh, little girls only really had baby dolls to play with, so, like, they were only ever allowed to play well not allowed but the only thing available was baby dolls like the only thing they could like like role play as is were like mothers and then barbie kind of like flipped everything on its head and there was dr barbie uh astronaut barbie president barbie all the other barbies lawyer barbie yeah lawyers doctors writers painters anything you can think of and so a normal average barbie well, they're stereotypical, stereotypical Barbie. That's that's Margot Robbie. No, like normal person Barbie. Oh yeah, well, because that was like the whole point of the movie. At the end, they're like, "Why don't you just make a normal person Barbie that isn't so perfect?" That wasn't the point of the movie. No, but the mom was saying that. Yeah, that was her million dollar idea that she gave away for free. Yeah. Um, 
what else did I want to say? There's a bunch of uh, references and callbacks to A Wizard of Oz, too. Like, this movie definitely has strong uh, ties to The Wizard of Oz and tries to mimic it a lot. Like, for example, uh, Barbie is Dorothy. She represents Dorothy. She's the one going on, like, the grand journey of discovery, and she's rediscovering herself and finding out her place in the world and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can say that Ken is like Toto, the dog, or you could say he's like the Tin Man because he's just looking for his heart or like his purpose. Who he is. And he never finds it. He's Knuff. No, he finds it at the end. He realizes he doesn't need Barbie, that he he can be Ken separate from Barbie, not Ken or Barbie and Ken. He can just be Ken. So he finds his purpose. But anywhere else he'd be a 10. (laughs) Yeah. Stop quoting the song. Um, what else? Uh, they when they're going to the real world, Barbie leaves Barbie Land with Ken. They're going down a pink brick road instead of a yellow brick road. Um, there is actually a poster for The Wizard of Oz in the background of one of the shots as they're leaving Barbie Land. That's playing at like the theater. So that's also in there. I didn't notice that. Uh, I think Will Ferrell's character, the CEO of Mattel, he's like the yeah. the. The wizard, he's like wizard behind the scenes, kind of orchestrating everything. Yeah, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I did not find any Will Ferrell scene funny. I thought he was funny. I liked Will Ferrell. I liked when they were all on the like the tangent bike together. Like when I guess that was okay, everything. but like I don't think I nose exhaled at all with Will Ferrell, except for when it was that other guy standing next to him. You know, like the. Mm-hmm. The Allen of the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Handler, she makes an appearance. Not the Ruth Handler, obviously, but that's the cre- the, Ruth Handler? the creator of Barbie. She's in the movie. She's like the the good witch. Her daughter she's a was ghost. in the movie. Yeah, she's, she's a, a literal ghost. She's a ghost in the movie. Yeah, she lives on like the seventeenth floor of the Mattel building in a room back in the middle of nowhere. Did you know I mean, her daughter was in the, the movie though? What her daughter. Her daughter, remember in that scene when they're at the bus stop? Yeah, that's her daughter. That's Barbara. Yeah, it's Barbara. Yeah, that's who Barbie's named after. If anybody didn't know, Barbara was uh, Ruth Handler's daughter. Barbie lore. Did they say that in the movie that that was the daughter? Yeah, no, they don't say it, but it is her. But she says, I'm Barbara, right? I don't know if she even says her name. I think she says her name. I totally missed that. I didn't know that until just now. That's kind of cool, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all of the Wizard of Oz stuff that I remembered. Uh, we kind of hit on all, like, the political stuff. Trying to think what else I have in my notes. Talked about the controversialness of it. Let's see. Hey, does anyone know if, uh, Just Ken is on iTunes? I think it is now. I remember it's seeing a, it on YouTube. I think it's but on it Spotify. Full... I think it's on Spotify. I think it's actually uh, it's blowing you up. Buy it. It's got. I'm totally getting it. That was. I really like that song. It's on. It's on Apple Music. I, I figured it would be. I'm looking at Brian right Gosling. Do we want to try and? Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about the ending a little bit? So here's. Um, yeah, we can. And I actually have something to say about it. I find it kind of cool, actually, that. She goes to the real world and she's like, oh, my God, I hate it here. This sucks. So she heads back to Barbie world and, you know, 
then fixes the whole everything thing happens and she gets Barbie World back to pretty much how she would consider it good. Barbie Land, not World. Yeah. Whatever. It's um, their world. The point I'm trying to say is I found it interesting that even though she hated the real world, even though she thought it was terrible and it sucked, she still chose to go back there, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. She chose to be human. Yeah, I forget the line that she delivers at the end. It's something where... Oh, it was, it was I'm here to see the gynecologist, is what she said. Not yeah, that one. Cut the credits. That's, <laughs> that was the last line That she was said. the last line, yes. At the very end of the movie... Barbie is in the real world and she's a real person and she's doing real people things and she has to go see her gynecologist. It was earlier in the movie they said that they didn't have genitals. So there are them. so many genital jokes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially by construction workers. Yeah. <laughs> um, the point is, though, I just thought it was interesting that even though she thought it was a terrible world, she still was like, you know what? It's still... It's still something I want to experience. That's the uh, the line. It's either from I can't remember who says it. It's it's the old lady. It's, it's is the it ghost. her? Is it the ghost? Is it Ruth yeah. Handler? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think, I, think says, I know what you're trying to say. She shows her like a flash through of life. Oh yes, much. that's a good. That's a uh, you reminded me of something. That's a really cool scene too because those images they're not just stock images. Those are actually yeah, images real. from the cast and the crew that she gathered together, and they're all home videos. There's even some of Margot Robbie as a kid in there. So those are all real, like, people that worked That's on the cool. movie. They're uh, home videos, which is pretty cool. That's a nice touch. Yeah, so that, I thought that's that pretty was cool. pretty cool. But the, the line that I'm thinking of, it happens, like, either right before that or right after that. And uh, Ruth Handler's explaining to Barbie, they're in, like, a... Oh, I think I like know what you mean. Like a limbo kind of place. She's talking about how she doesn't want to be what's made she wants to be making things is yeah. that what you're talking about yeah she doesn't want to be the idea or the inspiration she wants to be the one that's having the ideas and creating things not the creation which is her like grand yeah. moment of self-discovery and realizing that she wants to be more than just human. barbie and she wants to be human and she leaves ken to rule over barbie world she leaves barbie land goes to the real world uh but yeah that's like the basic that's the pretty much the ending and then she decides we... to go to the real world yeah i actually liked that part of the ending where she ended up going to the real world i thought that was interesting yeah um, don't have much to say i think I that covers everything pretty much for barbie I don't Should think I have anything else movie? really to say. Yeah, I think I'm good too to move forward. Me as well. All right, Oppenheimer is next. I'm excited for Oppenheimer. I had I really liked Oppenheimer a lot. Yeah, I have a couple things I do want to bring so, up. So, here's the thing. And I think this will be unpopular, but I liked Barbie more than I thought I would. And I liked Oppenheimer less than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. I liked now, Oppenheimer I still, about as much as I thought I would. I thought it was a great movie. Well, I still really liked Oppenheimer. But I was, like, just the way people were hyping it up, I was expecting, like, 
a 10 out of 10 perfect movie, which is my own fault, I guess, for like letting letting the, the hype get to me. I mean, it's but, up uh, there. It gets, it's pretty good. It gets up, it's, I mean, I don't think it's a 10 out of 10, but it gets close. So, um, Bert, you started out. All right. So I liked the visuals. Like, that, remember that scene of him dreaming? Let's talk about. And hang like, on. Let's talk about the movie, like itself first before we do that, because then we're just gonna be jumping around. Yeah, randomly. Basically, the movie is about uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Uh, it's a biopic, so he we're following him. It's his experience. It's his uh, life, pretty much. And I think we we you jump through probably like four or five decades of his life at different points points in time and so it's all about his role in creating the atomic bomb his part his uh his part as the as the lead scientist on the manhattan project and all that went into that uh the and then it goes on to cover the periods and points of his life after the war after the atomic bomb's been built after it's been dropped on hiroshima and nagasaki and we see things that I never even actually knew about. I always knew about the bomb and all of that stuff, and I knew him as like the father of the atomic bomb and everything. But I had no idea that, and you see it later in the or throughout the movie, how he was discredited and his reputation was uh, torn apart, and he kind of really just got ran through the mud after the war and everything. Yeah. By I didn't know about that, but I didn't know it was to the extent. Yeah, I didn't know it was to that movie. extent either. It's it, he really gets messed up. Like they really tear so, him apart. I actually think I went in knowing the least about this without the movie, and I think that because of I guess because I just didn't know that much about like the whole story on its own already that. The first like 20 minutes were super confusing because <laughs> there was a lot of jumping back and forth in time periods. Yeah. That is true. It does it jumps back and forth between the most between um the pr- the process he's making the bomb yeah, the, and pr- the process of building the team of ma- that worked on the Manhattan project and then the process of, of assembling Alamo. yes all of that and then the building of the bomb all the ideas the planning the theory uh, that went into it first test the science the first test all of that and then it jumps all of those scenes play throughout the movie and then it jumps forward in time to uh the, the hearing case. the hearing that they have where it's not an official hearing, it's not in front of a in front of a judge or anything like that. I think it's in front of the AEC, which is the Atomic Energy yeah. Commission. Well, the hearing is for him to get his clearance back. Yeah, so they he's up for renewal on his security clearance. And basically, he's getting ran through the mud and getting his reputation questioned and all of those things and he's They're bringing up his past bringing up his past his past relationships. Yeah, past ties to communist party members past ties to the communist party himself all of that and so we jump back and forth between the bomb building and that hearing is basically how the movie kind of plays out yeah and so the way like the movie is laid out it actually starts 
off after the bomb has been created and used. And they're trying to get him to teach at some school. I forget which one, but that no, 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 that's not already, after. That is after. Which no, when he's when he's asked to be the professor. Yeah, that's after. I'm. Th- what are you talking about? Oh no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking about when he was a kid, or not a kid, but when he was in college. No, I'm talking about when Robert Downey Jr. asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I was thinking of when he was in college. That's after. Yes, then that is it after. cuts back in time, I think, to when he is becoming like a teacher for the first time, like a theory teacher at a different school. And then it cuts forward again, even past the first time period to where he's like on trial now. So that like, to me at least, like it took just like the first 20 minutes or so, it was really confusing. I was like... I don't know what time we're in or what the yeah. hell's going on. It definitely, definitely took me a minute to figure out the order in which things were happening. Yeah, it wasn't until like you went back to a certain time period, like a second or third time, that you're like, okay, this is after that other one. And then sometimes it cuts to a different part that I think is midway through the bomb creation where they're all at that big circular table talking yeah. about... Like it, the 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 like I timeline think, gets very. I think confusing. that was before the construction of the city, though. That round table. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I'm not sure either. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to see a timeline for that movie. Yeah, but once it like settles in to mostly two main timelines, which is the process of them making the bomb and the court hearing, then it's not as confusing. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, for sure. Those are the main parts of the movie: the hearing and then the the bomb the process of yeah. creation. Yeah, Should once it ahead? settles on just focusing on those things, I didn't have a problem with it. I really liked it, but the first like little bit, it took me a second to like understand where in the timeline I was. Maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know, but I was very confused for like the first few minutes. I feel like if you had more historical context, like yeah. going in, you would probably know what was happening from the get go. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I didn't feel as confused. I kind of figured it out quick, I thought. And I could tell, you could tell, because uh, some of the sh- scenes are shot in black and white. And then o- other scenes are shot in color. But what's funny is that the future was usually shot in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. The reason that it's shot in black and white and in color is the color scenes represent Oppenheimer. And the black and white scenes are for Strauss, which is the villain the, or the antagonist. Sense. It's uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s oh, character. That Oppenheimer, makes sense, but it just Oppenheimer is shot in color because his the color represents the more nuanced and like complex uh, feelings that he's feeling about the bomb and about his his self doubt and his anxiety versus Strauss, who sees everything as black and white, and it's to the point. There's really, there's no really right or wrong. It's just, how do we accomplish this? How do we accomplish that? So his so Strauss's black and white uh, shots are his view on like atomic energy, and it's a clear cut issue. He doesn't see all of like the social issues, and like he doesn't have the the doubts or the guilt and the complexities that Oppenheimer has. So that's why they're shot in color and in black okay. and white to contrast see- the two characters. That makes sense, definitely, now that you've explained it. 
But when I was watching it, the main thing I was thinking was like, usually black and white means it's older. And the oh, yeah, black it had, and white it didn't is have anything future. to do with time. No, I know, but I'm just saying that was like something that I I realized during the movie. Okay, yeah. I see what you mean. Like yeah. The way you interpreted it watching. Yeah, I don't know if what I well, if I the like way I explained I it makes sense, but Yeah, that makes sense. Um my main issue, I don't like it sounds like I'm complaining a lot, but it's only because um I mostly liked the movie. There's a lot of good things about it. But I just wished they would have focused more time on the process of like creating the bomb. I feel like that only ended up being like maybe a third or like maybe 40% of the movie. Not even they. Well, the minus the explosion scene, they had them talking about the trigger mechanism. And then what else? I mean, the movie wasn't really a. It's about the creation of the the bomb. but it, no, it's more about the hearing after. No, That's like the, the main focus of the movie. The theme of the movie is guilt, and it, it's a it's a character study on Oppenheimer. It, yeah, they're I not know, really but concerned I'm just saying with that the main the main focus like of where your most screen time is is that hearing afterwards. I think there's more screen time on the Los Alamos there's more stuff. Screen t- yeah. Uh- Sort of. Well, not maybe not Los Alamos specifically, but just that time period. That I can kind of agree with. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to go check. Maybe just the end dragged on a bit for me and it seemed longer. Well, the movie was long. It is a fair. long movie. It's very long. It's three hours it's plus. Three hours. No, it's about three hours. I timed it. Yeah, so it definitely is long. But I never felt bored, really. I was kind of hooked from the beginning to the end. I didn't feel like it dragged. No, it didn't. Yeah, I I got hooked once they actually started. uh, Probably once they split the atom, and like they're like, "Oh my God, look, they did." That's when it like really kicked off for me. Yeah, the guy ran to his lab to try it and see if it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kind of get into, like, my review of the whole thing then. So I'm going to start with, like, the opening. Uh, we kind of been through, we went through the plot, like, in general somewhat. Like, we, you guys get the general story that's being told. But basically, the movie opens, and do you guys remember the uh, the subtitles that it gives in the beginning? It says Fission. Do you remember that? And then it opens to a scene of Oppenheimer. I think he's in college. Yeah, I remember that. And then I don't know what it said, but I do remember seeing it. It, it said fission. Okay. And then that represents Oppenheimer. So those the fission scenes are all Oppenheimer. And then there's another subtitle titled Fusion, and that's Strauss. So fusion's the more like explosive of the two, and it leads to the hydrogen bomb, because so, that's how the hydrogen bomb is created, and the atomic bomb uses fission. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it's kind of just to represent that Strauss is having like a more explosive impact on, I think it's society because of the way that he views atomic energy and everything. Like it's going to really impact the way that the How world, pushing for it. yeah, the world uses atomic energy. Whereas Oppenheimer is 
a little bit more subdued and like reluctant at times. At, uh, there's other times where he just he's going for it. Like their his goal is to build the bomb and they do it. But those I thought those two opening subtitles were cool. If you if you kind of understand what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, the movie definitely is focused on Oppenheimer's guilt and like his remorse and his his second guessing of a lot of uh, things. And he it like they do a great job of making him really human. Like he feel obviously he's a real person, but Killian Murphy, the actor who plays him, and the whole cast, everybody feels oh, really you're talking about Scarecrow. Yeah, everybody feels really uh, conflicted real. and. Everybody really does a good job of like portraying how intense like this time period must have been because nothing that they, they were doing was had any precedent. So everybody's walking on eggshells. Nobody knows what's going to happen. There's one point where they think that the creation of the atomic bomb, if they if they do drop a bomb, that it'll even destroy the entire world. Like the atmosphere is going to catch on fire. That was yeah, a real that thing actually that is one of about. my favorite parts of the whole the whole movie was like the the tension even though obviously we know how it would turn out but like the the tension that you can see that they're portraying as the characters yeah it felt like possibility yeah and for that time period like you can only imagine like what people must have been thinking they're like oh my god like what if what if this is like really happens and basically there was a time where the math uh, that they or the calculations that they had been making uh, there was a possibility that they could set the atmosphere on fire it, they say that it's like a near zero is what they say whenever the scientists are asked about it so it's basically it's all theory yeah but it's all theory it's never been physically tested so right. in the back of everybody's mind when they do drop the first bomb even though the scientists know it's like not gonna happen there's still that thought that like man this could really happen what if it does yeah so that yeah, that was that, that was, that was cool. a really interesting thing and then i had one other specific scene that was probably my favorite and i think it matches up with Bert's. so i'll let him talk about that one all right so i think the scene you're referring to is the um the rally right yeah yeah it is so just for some just for some context right after we dropped I guess they dropped the nuke on Hiroshima, or Hiroshima, whatever you want to say. It. Yeah, the the hey, uh, Truman drops the bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah, and they were so successful. Oppenheimer, like, relays that message to everyone staying at Los Alamos, and like all like the like the civilians, so to speak, are celebrating. They're excited. They're happy, and then. It shows that Oppenheimer, like as he's on stage, it's like he's having like a panic attack almost of guilt for what he did. Yeah, he's really it, conflicted. He's like experiencing like major guilt, major remorse. He's questioning everything that he's done. Yeah, he's, he looks sick. Yeah, but he he has he, to yeah, play it off. Really cool. He has to play it off, and he uh, he, he's he, like, he, if only we could have hit the Germans with that one. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like very patriotic, but. Internally, he's like very conflicted and very distraught. So then he walks off stage, and then you see, as like outside of like where they were having the speech, you see all the scientists that work on the nuke crying, vomiting, like broken men basically over the remorse and guilt that they have for what they did. 
inadvertently. Yeah. Um. That the those are actually those were supposed to be actual people. That's not like a something that is being done just for the sake of the film. Apparently, that there were people in the crowd. There was mostly people were cheering, but then there's other people that got sick. There's people that were crying. Like those were all supposed to be genuine yeah, real reactions. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. It really like it was just a cool contrast to see like like the I guess like the typical like people celebrating but then you see like the darker side of what happened and yeah another cool part about that scene that you're talking about in th- in the movie throughout is uh the sound design so the sound yeah, design in this very movie, loud, that movie yes the sound design in this movie is awesome and it it does a great job of telling us the story and the score is great they have a great score. It's done by uh, by Ludwig. Do you guys know Ludwig? I don't know his last name. He, no. Cooper? No. <laughs> uh, but Christopher Nolan, the director, he usually works with Hans Zimmer, who's a very, very uh, successful, um, I don't know what it's called, sound designer, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, he works with Ludwig in this one, which is different from his previous movies. Uh, and for context, Ludwig has created. He uh, wrote the themes for The Mandalorian. He wrote the themes for, uh, I think, Tenet. He did Creed and he did uh, Black Panther. So he's got like a Which great Creed? resume. All of the Creed movies he's worked on. Well, three isn't that good. But he's he's had some great scores. He's killing it. And Oppenheimer's another one. His, the score for Oppenheimer is great. And the use of sound throughout the movie is like a whole nother character too. So the way that that's true. The- also, I yeah. I recommend because we saw it in RPX, which is like basically IMAX equivalent. Um, as good but close enough. Yeah, I I would say definitely try and see it in one of those like high end audio setups. Yeah, you got you're, you're doing worth the extra three dollars for your ticket. Yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't see the movie in like an IMAX or an RPX because the sound and the, the visuals The sound is the best part. <laughs> yeah, the sound is really, really good. And the way Our that head, my head was vibrating. Yeah. Like the yeah, theater my whole was, chair vibrating was vibrating in the theater. Poor people watching Barbie next door. Yeah. But um they use sound and the way that they don't use sound also is really cool. Oh yeah that yeah. There's I a, would like to see I'm just Ken in RPX. There's a scene where um, the, it's the test scene where they drop the Trinity test where they drop the f- the first bomb. And uh, oh yeah, the, it's just silent when the do- when the bomb drops. All you see is the fire and the explosion, and but you don't hear anything. <laughs> then yeah, it you're, blasts you're them away in your seat. Waiting for like the loud yeah yeah. The, was the, covering his ears the, for like two minutes. Yeah, the buildup is crazy. And you can just see like the bright white light that's flashing over everybody, and it's pretty intense. That scene's really good. Um, and you know what was cool actually that I thought was interesting was the actual, at least in the one we saw it in, the actual bomb exploding. It was loud and it was cool, but it wasn't actually as loud or aggressive as the sounds of the cheering of the people when the bomb went off. That's a, yes, I was gonna talk about that, and it's not actually the cheering. So, any well, let me say this first: the bomb that they use is uh, TNT. That's like those are all practical effects. Christopher Nolan is very against CGI. He doesn't 
rarely ever use CGI in any of his films, and this is no exception. So that explosion was a practical effect. They used, I don't know how much TNT, but... Can I say something then? Hang on. They used a ton of TNT to create that explosion. Then they got close-up shots. They're not like stock images or anything like that. Those are um, practical effects that they actually did on set. Can I say something now? Yeah, go ahead. I thought the explosion looked like shit. Really? I liked it because... Yeah. Well, I guess because I knew it was practical, but I thought that was really cool. I it looked like... I think it was too close up of a shot because it was basically just only fire that you saw and it like filled the whole screen. It just it to me it, it looked like a stock image almost that you could just find on like your default Windows computer or something. Okay. When it did the I wide shot, it looked good, but the close up part not so much. Okay. My favorite yeah. practical effect was remember that dreaming sequence he did? Like remember whenever he was like dreaming? I saw this in your notes. I don't remember this. No, I I wasn't sure what you were talking about. It was like when he was like daydreaming, and it was in the beginning of the movie. It did it. It like showed like the different like sine waves and oh yes, particles like the stars and stuff. Yes, the oh yeah, yeah, all of that was done practically. Yeah, that was practical. That's cool. That's cool. Like that was like I didn't know that when I was watching it, and I found out later. But I think that was. Like knowing that it's practical just makes it so much cooler. Yeah, those are when he's thinking of all of his uh, quantum theory and all of that stuff, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, like you can see him almost visualizing the way atoms work and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that a, was that's sick, a cool actually. scene. Or the, that those are there's multiple scenes of that, but yeah. Um, what else did I want to say about the sound? Oh, you made the point, Sebastian, about um. How the actual explosion, the sound of it wasn't as loud as the as the crowd. The like the like stomping of the feet and the cheering and yeah. There's times in the movie throughout, even before the bombs ever dropped, where there's that really loud sound that was, it was the it was the sound that was vibrating the the whole theater. You remember, like throughout the movie. Yeah. That no, I know the sound. That sound is is the same sound that is being. It's the stomping. Of all of the people in the, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's not their cheering. It's not the cheering. It's the stomping on the ground. The stomping. I literally said that. You said cheering. I said stomping. Regardless, it doesn't matter. But um, they keep playing that back before the bomb is ever dropped because every time Oppenheimer gets uh, is he's anxious or he's doubtful or he's feeling guilty or he's unsure of what to do. And like we go and like inside of his mind, and we get those close-up shots of Killian Murphy, where that sound is just going crazy in our ears. Yeah, I thought those were really cool. Those were that was a great use of sound, a great use. Definitely add pressure to the scene. Yeah, and it kind of deafens out all the other noise and all the other voices, and it's we're just in his head, and all he hears yeah. is it's almost that like those moments when an explosion goes off and you hear ringing. It's exactly like, like that. that. Yep. Exactly like that. Um, this is a little bit different, but I think m- maybe I'm like the only one here that thinks this. I think so. But my favorite part of the movie was Matt Damon. I really liked Matt Damon's character. Matt Damon's good. Yeah, I liked him a lot too. He was the the general, right? Yeah, I just thought yeah. he was like 
I guess because that was like my favorite part of the movie was when they were doing the actual like working on the bomb stuff. And he's usually the one that brought in the conflicts. So it like just led to the more interesting scenes for me. Yeah. And we find out later that he's actually the person that brought the. Uh, after the after the war and everything, there's a there's a spy or a mole that's found. Mac Damon's character is actually the guy that brought that person onto the base. Who what did it end up being? I think it was the British guy. I think it was one of the British uh, scientists. Oh yeah, the British yeah. scientist that was like defected from Germany. Yeah, it was him. And it was the guy that it was obviously going to be. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But he wasn't. Like, he oh, wasn't German. This German. He guy. wasn't German. He was actually British. In the movie, Oppenheimer asked, "How long have you been British?" And he was like, "Since they said I wasn't German, or something like that." Oh, is that yeah. the same guy? I believe so. Unless if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, the way I understood sure. it was, the way it ended I up being it. the guy that I was like, "It's." Pro- I was like, "It's probably not going to be this guy because it's so obvious that it's him." But then it ended up being him. I think you told me that you think he's kind of sus. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Matt Damon's character is the one that brought him onto the base. It's kind of ironic because later in the hearing for Oppenheimer, Matt Damon's asked uh, if he would reinstate Oppenheimer, or if he would pick Oppenheimer to lead the project if it were today. And he says no, he wouldn't, that he wouldn't trust him. Well, No, that's not what he said, though. They said under these specific newly written guidelines that we wrote, would you pick him? And he goes, under those guidelines, no, but I wouldn't pick any of you. Yeah, he goes. He said he wouldn't pick any of the scientists. But he, I think he was still on Oppenheimer's side. Oh yeah, he was. He for sure was. He definitely had a. Thing is, they like so specifically. He was backed in a corner. Yeah, they like asked him by these specific like things written out. Oh yeah, the the hearing was unfair. It wasn't just, and it was all deliberate bit by Strauss or Strauss to ruin his name. Yeah, and they came up with the questions. They knew what they were going to ask and he didn't know anything beforehand so like he was set up to fail the whole time it was just a formality evidence to his lawyer it's like Bert going on a date it's just bound to end in disaster basically yeah well on my dates nothing much ever happens so <laughs> but um I love the yeah what else is there to talk about the cast is awesome it's stacked the cast is stacked Robert Downey yeah, Jr., Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, uh, Rami Malek, uh, Matt Damon. Let's go, Matt Damon. Roderick from Loaded Diaper. Yes. Yeah. yes. That's his most famous from Loaded Diaper. <laughs> yep. That's true. That that. But good Roderick, kid, not new Roderick. Uh, Josh Peck. Wasn't Josh? Josh Peck lands oh, a yeah. role. Yeah, but he has like 10 lines. Yeah, Ken- He has like the most important job. Kenneth Branagh is in it. The director That's of Thor true. and uh, another famous actor. The stack, the cast is stacked. It's a great cast, and they all do a great the job. The Albert Einstein came back just for this movie. He made a cameo from the grave. Yeah, Albert Einstein's in the movie. I actually like the actor for Albert. Yeah, he Albert. was he was a good Al. He was a good Albert. Yeah, and they do a good job um, setting up uh, Strauss. And the way that he thinks with that scene between Oppenheimer and Einstein. Yeah, they yeah. weren't even talking about him. Yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, um, there's a scene where Oppenheimer's talking to Einstein after the 
It may be even no, it's not after the hearing. When is that scene? I think it's 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 after the bomb, like he, right when they head back to off of the base. Yeah, like pretty soon after the bomb, probably in the first three or four months. Yeah, probably something like that. But anyway, Oppenheimer and Einstein are talking, and we don't get to hear the conversation, but it it's played Until out. The end of the movie. Yeah, it's played out to seem like they were talking shit about Strauss. And Strauss takes offense to it, even though he has no idea what they talked about, because Einstein kind of just gives him the cold shoulder. So he he just thinks that Oppenheimer talks shit about him, and that that's why Einstein doesn't like him. But it had because actually Einstein nothing didn't to look do him with Strauss in the eye when they walked past. Yeah, and that's kind of Strauss's whole downfall: is he thinks everything revolves around him, and he's really self-centered, he's and ego. he's worried about his own political career and all that. And it kind of backfires in his face too, because the same guy that he asks to come speak at the hearing to see if he's going to be uh selected for the for the AEC president. I think it's the president of the AEC. But anyway, he's going to be know. he's going he's up to be elected for that spot in the presidential cabinet. And uh the person that he brings to speak for him actually shits on him and is actually pro Oppenheimer and kind of lets everybody know that Strauss uh, kind of in- intentionally Basically, sabotaged Oppenheimer. Yeah. But um, I think that that's a lot of that's oh, that's the main things I have to say. I don't have anything else really, besides we can get into the ratings now. But yeah, yeah. we do actually end up hearing what Oppenheimer and Einstein talked about though, at the very end of the movie. It's the last line, I think, if not the last line, like. One of the last. No, his lines. last line is that famous quote. What is it? About death and becoming. Yeah, but that kind of it uh, calls back to that same conversation that they had. Basically, uh, earlier in the movie, they thought that they were gonna uh, burn the atmosphere, and they go to Einstein and they ask him to double check the numbers. And Oppenheimer ends up talking to Einstein later in that scene by the pond. And he was Einstein refused to run the numbers. No, he didn't refuse. He looked. He did it. No, I don't think did he do it. Yeah, he did it. He gave him back. Yeah, he gave him back. I think he gave him back saying, "I think he looked over it. He said, looks good enough, like barely looking over.'" And then Oppenheimer asked him to do it. He did do it. I know that he did. Okay. But um, Oppenheimer says, "Remember when I asked you that question and I thought we were going to destroy the world?" Einstein's like, yeah, but it's fine. We didn't. And Oppenheimer's like, no, I think we really did. I think we are the reason the world's going to end. Basically, meaning that they gave the world the weapon to that's capable of destroying it in the atomic bomb, which then leads to the hydrogen bomb. And they've kind of contributed, or not kind of, they have contributed to the one possible way that humanity could destroy itself. Yeah, but... Someone would have done it if they didn't. So, yeah, yeah. but that's the whole point. Uh, Oppenheimer people. just feels guilt for that. For basically the whole movie, he's guilty about something, and he's guilty. He has a lot of guilt and anxiety. At least, at least he's guilty. Yeah, I'd be concerned if he wasn't. <laughs> oh, you know what other line I really liked? This is a this is true. Well, it's apparently true. Uh, when he's talking to President Truman and Truman's trying to like congratulate him, Truman's just a dick. Oh yeah, wipe your tears, bitch. And he calls him like a pussy or something. Yeah, he's like, "Don't ever let that crybaby back into my office." 
apparently he really did say that. Or he called Oppenheimer like a crybaby scientist or something like that. Basically, Truman just says, you think you feel guilt? Nobody cares about who created the bomb. All they care about is who dropped it. And I'm the one that That's true, dropped though. it. That is not true because Oppenheimer is on Time Magazine. He's the father of the atomic bomb. Like People care about who made the bomb. So Truman is a little... He's famous, He's famous because he made the bomb. Yeah, Truman's self-centered a little bit, thinking that people care about that, which they do, but they definitely... I Oppenheimer think is at more... the time, more people were like, fuck Truman for dropping a bomb on Japan. Like, America was As far wasn't. as like, Japanese people. Well, obviously. America's not the whole world, though. Everyone else wasn't thinking, fuck Oppenheimer. They're thinking, fuck Truman. The whole world wasn't. Probably just Japan. All of our allies probably didn't have a... Didn't well, have they a... were like, okay, well, glad that wasn't us, but this is concerning. Well, yeah, the whole yeah, world like, is concerned just, now because now it's happened? an arms race. Because the whole world needed to catch up now, and now everybody's got atomic yeah. weapons or nuclear weapons. The ending, showing all the missiles flying to destroy the world, was pretty surreal. Yeah, that's a pretty scary and depressing. Like it, you can definitely like it's a possible reality you get from like it feels like that's a. That's the feeling you get when you watch it. Oh, yeah. It definitely ends with you having all of that uh, anxiety and you start to feel like, wow, this is really possible. It really hammers that home. That's a, I, I agree yeah. with you. That was a good scene. All right. Well, let's re- let's move on to the ratings. I think we've done enough on this one. All right. Yeah, I think so. Bert, you can go first. So I'm going to give it, honestly, like an eight or a nine. I fuck. We'll go with nine. Nine out of ten? Nine out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Sebastian? I'm going to go with an eight. I thought it was really good, but I had a little bit of issue with it being overly confusing for me. Like, this could just be me in the beginning. But overall, I think it was very good, I would say. Like, one of the best movies I've seen in the last few years, for sure. Definitely one of the best of this year. So, I landed at an 8. I would say very good. What about you, Ali? Uh, I think I lean more towards a 9. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought it was great. I think it's just the whole thing is really well put together and everybody like the cast is awesome. Killian Murphy gives like an Oscar-worthy performance. Like this might be the year that he gets an Oscar. RDJ gives an Oscar-worthy performance. So I definitely want to see it again, just so because I know it happened. I feel like I'll be able to appreciate those finer details. Yeah, I, I think it definitely is one of the movies you can watch again. You need a second rewatch. Yeah, I want to watch it again too. Hopefully, before it goes, uh, before it leaves the theaters. But yeah, I give it a nine. All right. Do you guys know, actually I wanted to ask you guys this, do you guys know the other Christopher Nolan movies like uh, Interstellar, Tenet, uh, The Dark Knight, obviously? Um, I've seen, I haven't seen Tenet, but I've seen Interstellar and Dark Knight, and personally I would say both are better. That's what I wanted to ask. Where do you think this ranks in like the the Nolan films that you guys have seen? I mean, I don't don't know all his movies, the Nolan, I don't know all his movies, but I would say my favorite of his is probably Dark Knight, and 
Um, Interstellar, I, I also think is better than this, but I think Interstellar is also an eight for me. It's like very slightly better, you know? Yeah. I think Interstellar is also better. I like Interstellar a lot. And I think The Dark Knight is better too. I have but like, seen Dark Knight. My minute difference. Like, there's not a huge gap in quality between them, you know? Yeah. Have you guys seen Inception? Oh, Inception? That's a nine saw, right there. I saw an explanationary Inception video is also it. a Nolan film. And Dunkirk. I don't know if you guys have seen Dunkirk. D- this is better than Dunkirk. I, <laughs> Dunkirk was pretty mid for me. I would, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd probably put I'd put Inception, Dark Knight, and Interstellar ahead of it. I agree with that. If I were to rank those five that you just said, it would be Dark Knight, Inception, Interstellar, Oppenheimer, and then Dunkirk. Have you seen Tenet? No. I haven't seen Tenet either. That movie is also one of his best, apparently. I need to see that. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Okay, cool. I was I was curious about that. I didn't know where it ranked for you guys. Uh, that kind of wraps up the Oppenheimer stuff. Um, and we're almost done, I think. Yeah, I think we just get into our wrap up here. And what we've been up to this past week. Yeah, what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, I've been playing. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I just finished watching Secret Invasion, the the Disney Plus show, the Marvel Don't Disney Plus show. Spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil anything. I won't. There's no spoilers here. Uh, I'll kind of just give like general thoughts. Exited the spoiler section. Did you like the show or no? I liked. Uh, I did like it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of the six episode uh, format, though. I really think that that ruins the shows. So I liked it about as much as I could. I wouldn't. I don't know. It's not the best show. It's not great. It's not like anything crazy. So. Is it better than Falcon and Winter Soldier? Or She-Hulk? <laughs> it's, I think it's better than She-Hulk. Okay. Um, it's not better than it. Falcon and Winter Soldier? I don't know. It's close. It's close. Oh my god. I don't know if I want to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The ending The ending's what really makes me think that, but you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it for yourself. I've seen them all except for She-Hulk. Definitely better than that. <laughs> I started so, She-Hulk. Unpopular opinion here again. My favorite one is Hawkeye. That's not that unpopular. Hawkeye is very good. No, everyone says Moon Knight. Moon I Knight think... or Loki are like the top ones. Here's an unpopular opinion. Moon Knight is not that good. I didn't think it was. I think Moon I Knight like... is the most overrated of the Disney Plus shows. I think it was good, but the effects were bad. I, do, I did not like Moon Knight as much as everybody else. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was okay, but I am not like a super fan. Oscar Isaac is great, like and the, the character mythology. Moon Knight is awesome. He's cool. He's badass, but the show itself, was it was just meh. I didn't really care. But for me, I just thought Hawkeye was really good. I enjoyed Hawkeye more, too, yeah. But again, the six-episode... The six-episode format thing just ruins the shows, I think. They don't have enough time to do it enough. Everything feels cut short. Everything. How about this? Is it better than Ms. Marvel? I think so. Okay. It might be worth watching, then. 
Ms. Marvel is really good for like two episodes, and then it sucks. It's the six episode thing, man. I hate that. It's the bad. The format. best show, in my opinion, is WandaVision, and it's the longest one because it, it tells the first it tells the most complete story. Yeah, and then they tell the exact same story again in Multiverse of Madness. Nah, not really. That's awesome. Uh, she's just she's evil, and then she's like, "Shit, I shouldn't be evil. Let me be good." And then the same thing happens in Multiverse of Madness. But I, my point is, WandaVision is the best Disney Plus show, in my opinion. And uh, Loki's a, a close second. But anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, oh, the SAG after strike. I don't know if you guys know about that. Do you? What, what I don't know that? what that is. SAG is the Screenwriters Association yeah. Guild. and then Oh, okay. I do know what that is. AFTRA is the... I just never heard the, the acronym. Yeah, AFTRA. Actor one, I'm assuming. The Actors Guild, basically. But uh, first time in 60 years that both of these guilds have gone on strike at the same time. So Hollywood is in a, in a complete shutdown. There's nothing being filmed. There's nothing being written. So yeah, I, the whole point of this okay. podcast is about to be destroyed because nothing's being made. No, 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 no. This have games. applies to America. Anime is so strong right now. Yeah. This With the summer season of anime has been great and that is a perfect transition to mine even though this specific show i'm about to talk about is actually just okay uh (laughs) buddy daddies this came out more in the winter actually but i just started watching buddy daddies and it's pretty much like spy family but not as good but it's good enough (laughs) to be pretty good okay just a nice easy watch yeah, it's one of those. Um, but this is a little sidetrack from Buddy Daddies, but still on the anime topic. Rent-A-Girlfriend is now back for its third season. They're like four or five episodes in right now. I'm so hyped for that. I'm waiting for it to get a little further so I can binge through them all. That's like one of my top five anime. So season three of Rent-A-Girlfriend, I am so psyched for. I cannot wait until it's over and I can just watch them all in one night. Yeah. Have you seen Rent-A-Girlfriend, Bert? I've seen season one and about half of season two. It's so funny. It is pretty funny. The first episode sucks, though. It's terrible. We hate Mommy John. Oh, yeah, Mommy? What a bitch. Um, yeah. How about you, Bert? What have, what have you been up to? So I've been playing this new game called Medieval Dynasty. It's I've a heard of it. Game where it's like a survival city builder where the whole point is to kind of establish like a like a kingdom and you get like heirs and you have to like talk to villagers and stuff to find a wife and then you have to farm and just like you know then it turns into like a city sim game. That, right. That right, sounds cool. Like survival elements. It sounds yeah. cool. It's not really my type of game, but it does sound cool. I enjoy survival games. And yeah, me like too. A lot to do, and you kind of like level up, like how you do in RuneScape. Like the more you do a certain activity, the more points yeah. you get for it. Yeah, or like any game. Yeah, that's true. And then I've been watching the um, 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Me too. Cartoon. I just started that. Yeah, I started it first. I'm the one that got you both hooked on it. 
Yes. Oh true. my god. It unlocked uh childhood memories that I didn't know I had. It's so good. Yeah. I'm like I'm midway season... through season two. I'm about like the first quarter in on season two. I'm like yeah. six episodes in, so I haven't seen I don't remember well I... the, the the later half of season one hits hard. Yes. It gets so good, I don't know. Like the show's good from the get go. Yeah, but it just gets insane. It really is through. so good. I didn't. I, I can't. I can't believe that I forgot the show existed. This is exactly what I remember. Like this is my Ninja Turtles. This is the version of them yeah. that I know the best. Because that that's the that show is what they made three games like one hundred percent based off of. Like even using cutscenes from the show. Yeah, and like, I we we played episodes. those games too as a kid as kids. Yeah. Speaking of Ninja Turtle games, this is more for the viewers than any of you guys because you two both know already, but we've been playing TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, um, the three of us have been all playing that. Yeah, we went through and beat it a while back, maybe like a week and a half ago or something like no, that. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was really- two weeks, yeah, maybe two weeks. And now we're going through to do all the challenges and things like that. So one of those that we are doing is to there's a challenge to complete the first level undamaged. And it's basically and, impossible. Well, I, I mean, maybe better. for you, I'm getting hit the least. So I get hit the second least. No, I pretty much just play the game. Even. I pretty much no, just I, play I the better. game and then one of them, one of them forces us to restart. And then occasionally I'll get hit by uh, someone not watching my back and missing their guy, and then I just get like foot blasted to the back of my face. Yeah, that does happen. But a lot. Uh, we've really been we've been on a Ninja Turtles like grind lately. I recently bought a bunch of Ninja Turtle comic books, and I'm, I'm started reading through the IDW and the Last Ronin stuff. We've been playing the Ninja Turtle game. Yeah, we're on a Ninja Turtles binge right now, which is perfect. Watching the old movies. Yes, this is perfect because yeah. this leads right into uh, our episode, next episode for next week. We'll be talking more about Turtles. Well, yeah, so we're going through and watching all of the non-connected to TV shows Ninja Turtle movies. So the 90s trilogy, the TMNT 2007, I think it was, yeah, the animated yeah. one. 2007, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bay movies. Yep. And then we got the new animated one, which personally I don't think it looks that good, but I'd like to be proved wrong. Yeah, the so point we'll of see. this is I'm hopeful. The, what inspired the Ninja Turtle binge is because the new Ninja Turtle movie comes out, I think, August 2nd. So we're all three going to go I, see I mean, that. I, st- I started this show way before that. I, sh- I think the early release for it was today. I know, but the, yeah. the point of that episode that inspired the episode is because... It's relevant right oh, now. Yeah, Nin- yeah. Ninja Turtles is relevant right now because there's a movie that's coming out. Yeah, so we're watching all the old movies, and the plan is that next episode we are going to rank the Ninja Turtles movies with this new one. Yeah. We'll talk about the new one, and then we'll go through all of the ones I listed earlier and see how we rank them. Probably give an update on Shredder's Revenge, see if we've beaten that first level on hit yet. Probably not, though. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, pretty and much. That, yes. we're gonna we're gonna go see the movie. We'll review it. We'll give our ranking of all the Ninja Turtle movies, and that'll be Turtle Takeover next week. Yes, that'll point. be episode two, Turtle Takeover. I think that pretty. I'm much, excited for that. I'm very excited because 
Like, I enjoyed these movies, but movies aren't my main thing. Turtles, though. I love the turtles. Just a brief end note. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. But remember that kid that said, I like turtles? On yeah. Vine or something? With the yeah. face, he remade with the the face paint, that guy? Yeah. He remade the video. And, like, now. And he's, that's like, funny. 18 or something. Wow, that's something. It's pretty funny. Very random. <laughs> But I'm excited, guys. Next week is a very turtle-focused episode. And I think we'll see how it works out. But I think every single episode, we're going to be doing a section like this at the end. Like, what have you guys been up to? Yeah, I think so. This will probably be a a normal thing that we do. And we'll we'll probably try to transition it into, like, a preview for the upcoming episode or episodes, whatever's going on. definitely at least bring up what's gonna happen so our schedule is a little bit weird right now we're gonna be getting two in a row here because we're trying to hit this ninja turtles thing but then we're gonna move back to bi-weekly we're back to we've never done bi-weekly because we just started but we're going to eventually settle into bi-weekly there's just some stuff we want to catch up on and then we move back into the bi-weekly every other wednesday scheduling yeah that's the goal maybe we'll throw in a bonus thing if there's something we really want to talk about like a short 30 45 minute about whatever one topic but the the main thing is we're gonna get settled into the the bi-weekly wednesday thing eventually and next week though we're gonna come out with another one it's the turtle boys turtle takeover can't wait for that one takeover yep i think that wraps everything up um Unless anybody else has anything they want to say. I'm content. I'm good on that one. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Yeah, thanks for watching. We'll see you guys uh, next week for the Turtle Takeover episode. Yeah. Keep it salty, guys.